Hello and welcome to another episode of Nostalgia, where music and storytelling meet. I'm your host Victoria and I invite guests onto the show to share five of their most nostalgic tracks and we discuss the memories, stories and overall nostalgia behind them. Let's get into the show. beautiful people and welcome to another episode of Nostalgia. Thank you for being here. Um, today I have with me Joelle who reached out to me on Facebook. I was absolutely honoured that she would like to be a guest on the show. So Joelle, do you want to say hello to beautiful people? Hi, hi, my name is Joelle. Hi, nice to meet you all. <laughs> <laughs> so Joelle, what do you do? What are you, are you like, what are you about? Interest, career? Yeah. So I am a commissioning editor at a London-based book publisher called Unbound. That's what I do right now. I'm also a writer. Um, I write more books and poetry and screenplays and everything like that. I just love writing. Amazing, 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 amazing. And I ask everyone this when they come on the show, how hard was it to choose your five songs? Oh my God, it was so difficult. It was so difficult. I think I started with um i think 30 songs actually because i just done the you know on instagram the 30 day song challenge yeah and so i already had ideas in my mind so i wrote them down but actually with singling it down was so hard because i have a memory attached to all of those songs and so i kind of found myself going for the songs that i thought everyone would know um but then i was like you know what let me just try and be a bit more authentic let me choose the songs that really mean something to me even if the genres are all over the place let me just choose something um, just the five songs that really stand out and really made me feel something back in the day. So yeah, but it was it was really difficult. So hard. I can imagine. I'm, I'm thirty songs as well. Like go from thirty uh-huh. to five. I can imagine yep. how you like. Do I have to get rid of this one? Do I have to like a parting ways with this? Line through them. <laughs> it felt brutal. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> so Joelle, um, let's kick off with your first song, Redeemer. And absolutely beautiful. It was so calming, so uplifting. Oh. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is actually a gospel song. And it was the first song, it was the first Christian pop song that I ever heard. And so I'm from a Christian family myself. And in the morning, on the way to primary school, we'd always listen to Premier Christian Radio. Shout out if anyone remembers that radio station. And they would always play this song and it's called Redeemer. And it's just a beautiful ballad song. And the main crux of it is like, I know my Redeemer lives, which is quite a powerful statement. And then the woman who sings it is a woman called Nicole C. Mullen. And I don't really know much about her. And maybe I should have Googled her before this, but I, I still don't know anything about her. I still don't know if she put out any other music or things like that. But this is it's such a gorgeous, gorgeous song. And it's kind of followed me throughout my life. So I kind of forgot about it when I was younger. But then I started um, working. My first ever real job was um, at a big church in London, um, Westminster Abbey, you know, that big, that big church. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Handel, um, you know, the composer, the Brock composer. So he's buried there. And he has this big ass, like, white marble grave. And then so it's kind of him just kind of perching it's a weird kind of statue of him perching and the music scroll and underneath it says i know my redeemer liveth and it just reminded me and that kind of triggered me I was like where do i know that from i know it's like a bible quote i guess but 
and it just kind of sent me down that journey of oh yeah do you remember that song that I used to love and my sisters and we used to love it because it sounded like such a pop song but obviously it had it was a Christian song and it just reminded me of those times where we just have really long car journeys um traveling all the way from Croydon where um, we lived to um, the border of Croydon and Surrey to go to primary school and it was almost an hour-long journey and just listening to that over and over again and you know with my mum and my three sisters and we were all just singing it and it just reminded me of just really happy times really just you mean you feel just innocent and you're just young and nothing there's no real hardships in your life and you're just singing this song and you're young you don't really know what the lyrics really mean until you're a bit older um but it just reminded me of such happy times just in the car with my family i absolutely loved it oh amazing amazing i love that um you can kind of discover songs and music like through the radio mm. and, and especially on those long car journeys with your family and it just kind of brings yeah. us togetherness because you're both kind of you're all listening to the same song you're all kind yeah. of have the same vibe that togetherness while you're just going on that journey and especially like to school it, it's that that's like a almost like a motivational song to start your day yeah. to kick yeah. that's like really empowering almost absolutely and what i remembered is that um when we got older you know we get the um your mp3 players your ipods so as soon as you get in the car it's silence because apart from the driver who's probably listening to the radio everyone's got their earphones in their earpods in doing their own thing and when we, that's what that's what happened when we got older and when we were driving to maybe um, secondary school or like high school or college and it just became very individual and everyone had their own had developed their own music taste at that point um, so the car was silent but back in the day there was no Shazam there was no um, we all had to listen to the same song no one had an iPod or a phone or anything and so we were connected in that way even if we were still sitting in silence we we're all still humming and singing along to the same song and there was that innocent togetherness that I do quite miss actually, because when I get into the car now, whether it's family and friends, whatever, we do start listening to you know the radio, but then we slowly start slipping away into our own things sometimes, which is fine in itself. But it did, I do kind of long for that togetherness where you're just sitting in the car and you're just singing the same song and you know it really means something to you. And I just I I miss I miss that a lot. But it was it's such a lovely memory and I love that song. No, it is. It is. Such, that is really, really sweet. And family is important. I think even having those small moments like with your family in the car, you kind of just recognise and realise how important family is and how much like they influence us in terms of our music selections and our music choices. So yeah. when you were growing up at that time, obviously like, you know, I guess your mum had control of the radio at the time, so you was yeah. kind of to listen to what she was listening to. But even yeah. despite that, and it wasn't necessarily your choice, it still kind of stayed with you, and it still became something very pertinent, and you carried that with you to this day. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Every time I hear religious songs, it always reminds me of my grandmother, like gospel songs or anything very religious, because she's a very religious woman. Uh-huh. It always reminds me of my grandmother. And, um, yeah, it- good even if you're even if you're not like particularly religious yourself or things like that it's still there's still something about it that just makes you feel good inside so it's always just really positive and just really uplifting and so even though I've kind of battled with my faith quite a lot growing up and you know ups and downs with it I still always find myself going back to those kinds of songs because no matter how I feel they just make me feel better even if I'm not fully seeing it from the Christian um con like context Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where I am with my faith like I 
it just it just there's something about the lyrics and even the, the melodic tune that just makes everything just feel so much better without a doubt yeah. without a doubt i completely agree i completely completely agree um yeah i love it i absolutely love it and your next song survivor by i absolutely <laughs> destiny child oh my goodness um just <laughs> they are like if they were to do a reunion tour i will just be there front row center i will put thousands of pounds that i do not have <laughs> on tickets same honestly like um absolutely love them and i think it's the continuation from that empowerment and that just feeling just so empowered and just hearing oh. them seeing them and seeing them on your tv screens hearing seeing beyonce kelly like everyone just michelle everyone oh. just was felt so you wanted to be them almost i like, wanted to up. be them so much and it's a weird story how i even found out about them my dad introduced me to Destiny's Child. And I think I was about six or seven. So this is the early 2000s. And my dad was just like, have you heard of Destiny's Child? And it sounded like a gospel group. I thought it was a gospel group. So I just thought it was another premier Christian radio, you know, so I was like, no daddy, no. And then I don't remember if he played me anything because there was, there was no device to like look, look them up. There was no YouTube or anything. But I just remember watching um, music channels and then Survivor came up. And so that was the first song that, so I missed the kind of four, when there were a foursome, I kind of missed that era. And I came in when Michelle came in and I saw the video and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I'd never seen three black girls singing like that and dressed in those kind of um, shipwrecked outfits. And I'd never seen that kind of representation with, you know, you know especially with Kelly and Michelle being dark skinned. I had never seen anything like that in my life. Um, I only discovered, you know, like TLC um, a lot later in life. And so I kind of missed that generation. But I just remember, even though I was so young, I was under 10, I just thought, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I, I became obsessed from then on. And I found um, through just watching hours and hours of music videos um, on, you know, not even MTV. I don't know what channel it was, but way before YouTube and I discovered their old music when they were um, before Michelle and it was Latoya and another woman, I can't remember her name, um, and it was the four of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought they were the most amazing girl group I've ever seen because for a bit of context, at that time, I was into Steps, I was into S Club 7, you know, I was an infant, I was into these, you know, five, I was into these white bands. And so to see black girls doing it and doing it better, I just thought it was the most amazing thing. And, you know, I used to try and be them in the playground. I used to just grab two female friends. And what was interesting though, is that I never wanted to be Beyonce. Yeah. I never ever wanted to be Beyonce. I wanted to be Michelle because she was the most covered up. And I kind of liked that, but I didn't know why I liked that. But I just liked how she wasn't showing too much. And she had this like nice, um, like black long hair, which I kind of wanted. So I wanted to be Michelle, which I, not many people want to admit. <laughs> to be honest these days everyone be fighting for Beyonce but I actually wanted to be Michelle in the group and we just sing in the playground pretend we had microphones do you know Survivor that was the only song that I knew off by heart and it was it just reminded me of like like with the other song actually it just reminds me of Childhood Innocence as well you know you just see something you just kind of want to be them and they actually had a positive message as well and so I think that's why the teachers allowed us to kind of get away with singing those songs. Because I didn't know what Survivor was about. I didn't know it was, a, you know, about, I think it was about the other two girls who left the group and 
they thought that they were going to fail without them and but they obviously Destiny's Child blew up and got even bigger but I didn't know what it was about I just I didn't care about the lyrics I just thought this is a great tune great songs great outfits the dance moves were amazing they were doing a lot of reaching and grabbing in, in the video there was a lot of camouflage and the whole aesthetic I just never seen anything like it in my life and it was just I just remember really happy times with that and then what's interesting about that song is that it just ages with wine and I find that in any situation that I'm in whether it's you know friendship drama boy drama you know even work drama I play the song and it's relevant to that situation Definitely. And I'm always like, you know, just thinking it like to myself, like the person who's wronged me is there. The person who thought I was going to fail at this and the person who thought I wasn't going to do anything with my life. I feel like I'm seeing it to them in that moment. And I know it's such a novelty. And I know it's so funny, but it really helps in that situation. It helps get out a lot of anger. And um, I think as well, when you're a black woman and you're always kind of perceived as like the angry black woman, um, especially for me personally, I wanted to hold in a lot of anger that I had, whether it was with friends or um, with former boyfriends or even at work when, you know, sometimes or even at university or whatever in school, um, I didn't want to be too angry. Yeah. I didn't want to rock the boat because they'll be like, oh, well, you know, she's angry. Like, obviously she's angry. Look at her. She's a black girl. Like, calm down. Yeah. So I, I put a lot of pent up energy in. But with a song like this, you know, in the comfort of my own home, the privacy of my own home, I can scream it from the rooftops and I can do all the crazy dance moves and I can just scream in the mirror and pretend to the Beyonce vocal bit. Like I can just, it just, it really helped me at that time to actually release my emotions when I thought that I couldn't in public. And so I, I hold that song very, very dear to me. <laughs> no, I can totally, totally relate. I didn't even know the song was about, um, the other members of the group kind of like leaving and they were just kind of like reclaiming their power and saying, no, we still got this. I actually didn't know that. Cause um, similar to you, I kind of like associated to like, I'm a survivor, I've got this. I have everything. I'm amazing. I'm a black woman. I just, yeah, I just, I just took the empowerment from it and I just took the survivor from it. And as you mentioned, only recently has I, did I realize how important that representation and to have these women on our screens were to us as a mm-hmm. as a little young girl just how it's kind of like it shaped me and it's been taken with me and that's I probably that's why we resonate so much with Destiny's Child because even in a previous episode someone brought a Destiny's Child song and they mm-hmm. said the very same thing like and you don't necessarily it's just so subtle it's just the most subtle and it's the most simple thing to just put someone that looks like us and yeah. is speaking from my experiences how much we just relate to us it's just it was amazing it's mind-blowing that you even yourself had the same experience yep absolutely yeah i love them so much yeah like we were saying before if there's a reunion boy (laughs) i'll be there i'll be there i will fly to america like if they don't come to the uk that's all right i will work very very hard save the money and i'll go there because i i just can't i need to see them in person i need to hear the vocals in person yeah Yeah. and all still friends to this day despite you know them going their separate ways and all their solo stuff like exactly. you know you can tell that there was really something special with that era of music um especially with those black female girl groups of the um late night well even the yeah whole 90s um early noughties there's something yeah. so special about them and it hasn't really been it no one's really been able to replicate that um now for some reason i don't know social media or some other issues i don't know colorism i don't know 
but I, I do I miss that era a lot and I've decided to go back a lot because I was way too young for you know TLC those days but I've gone back over the years and I now relate to the music even on Vogue who I love like I just one of their songs I um, was going to be on this list but I was like you know what it didn't quite make it but I just I, I love those girl groups now and going back when I'm older so I can actually deep the lyrics a lot more and I can actually relate to the lyrics more. I love it. And I'm just so glad that there was a moment in time where there were just so many female, black, dark skinned female girl groups who could sing their asses off. You know, they were successful and their songs stand the test of time. And I absolutely love that. And I can't wait to, if I ever have children, I'll just but get all the albums or the downloads or whatever and just pass it on so that they can have that and they can, you know, um, they can just have that music there when they need it and when they're ready to come to it. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And can completely relate. Yeah, I, mm. I myself was in the, in the playground with my, my cousins. <laughs> just like oh, yeah. you, the little Destiny Child girl group. Like, <laughs> like, what was that? Who were you in the group? I don't, I can't remember that far, I will be honest, but we were just, we were, we were it. We were going to be those girls, we were Destiny's mm -hmm. Child, we sung all the Destiny Child songs, we made up the little dance moves, we were just like, we were just it. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy and it's crazy how important and how much they impacted us and it just, I feel like yeah. it just gave just black female representation and like you said, it's, it just hasn't been replicated today. On an individual level, yes, but not as a collective. No. And that's very interesting. And that's very, very, mm -hmm. very interesting how that's not necessarily, we haven't seen that um, come together. And even if it mm -hmm. does, it doesn't necessarily, it might not, I guess, through history, it doesn't necessarily stay for a long time. As you said, people go off and do their own solo things. Like, yeah. it's interesting. Even with girl groups, I think it's so difficult for girl groups because there's so much pressure, there's way more pressure on girl groups to um, just to be role models, basically. Yeah. And so, and so, if you put you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds in a group with people who they have never met, maybe they met in an audition. You know, things can start unraveling, and because they have to do kind of like teeny boppy songs, but they want to break out, you know, because they're going through puberty, and you know, they're getting older, dating more. But if the label is saying no, your audience are eight year olds. Yeah. but you want to be doing more risque songs and you actually want to be seen dating and stuff you, there's that tension within yourself and we've seen that with every girl group i wish like there was some kind of girl group historian maybe i should become one i don't know but i've just noticed that with so many girl groups they have that struggle and then all the gossip sites say that there's infighting you know they pick the one lead singer and they say there's infighting there probably is but a lot of the time there's so much um fake news around them as well and so it and it just kills your self-esteem. And I feel like now, because of social media and because of really aggressive journalism um, with certain like newspapers and stuff, it's hard for women to succeed anyway, even yeah. if you're a solo singer. And, but if you're in a girl group and there's four or five, three, four or five of you as well, you know, people are always looking for the scoop. People are always looking for, oh, what's the real story? Do you really like each other? Yeah. You, know, you know, oh, they pick apart people's outfits. They pick apart, um, pick apart people's looks in the group. And we've seen yeah. it with, you know, Little Mix and you know, that girl group and Fifth Harmony with Normani, um, with the racism within that group as well. Yeah. And it seems like a really toxic place to be. And I just feel like the only other kind of black female girl group that I remember was Mystique. 
Mm-hmm. If you remember that yes. far back. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know that much about them, but I was so glad there was like a female, um, like a black female kind of version. I thought they were just Destiny Child, but just the British version as well. Yeah. And but they didn't have the longevity at all. Mm-hmm. No, they're all super talented, their music was amazing, even the sugar babes as well, yeah. they're all quite diverse. You know, they were chopping and changing the members, like just swapping them out and things like that. And it must be just really hard basically and to grow be. as a woman. And especially if you're a dark skinned woman yeah. in a group where, you know, there's another maybe a white one or you know, another lighter skinned one, it must be so, so, so hard. So I think they were very much a product of their time because there was less social media. Exactly. I do think now if a group like the Sugar Babes, a racially diverse group like that, they'll be praised at the start. But then sadly we'll probably start seeing the same colorism issues, the same which is like, you know, people like Normani face. Um, Keisha Buchanan and the Sugar Babes face, you know, and things like that. And it's it's quite sad, but I'm I'm very much into my girl groups. For some, I just love them. I just lo- loved what they stood for when I was younger. I didn't care if they were role models. Like, I didn't care about any of that stuff. I didn't care about their personal lives. I didn't care about, you know, even what they were wearing, I didn't care about. It was how they sang, how they presented themselves and their confidence, because I didn't have that confidence. Exactly. When I was younger, I, I kind of got it from them. They were singing about being independent and being strong and not needing a guy, even though I was like four years old. What guy was I after? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just, I just love that, you know, yeah. that mentality. And so I, that's why I'm just, I'm for girl groups, but they are always just slaughtered usually and they, um, in the media and they have quite a short time span to kind of, to get all their music through and you know create a name for themselves before they have to split before they get too old and the next act has to come through so yeah it's a sad one but I do hope one day you know more black or all black female acts come through and they can be authentically themselves without people just running their mouths about their looks or whatever exactly exactly and the media just sensationalising them and just like nitpicking them off and just, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess that just what creates the tension within the group. And obviously they're always, you know, the media's notorious to find a story and just sensationalise it. But, yeah. I, you know, I guess it just like, just it pumps it up and it just like makes it even more probably in the girl group and it just forces them to kind of split up. And I guess because yeah. like, you know, as women as well, we're kind of taught to be very independent and to be very strong, but ne- not necessarily do we have that kind of like that message that we need to actually stick together and be together and work yeah. together. Do you know what I mean? And as much as we can be independent, we can also be a collective and still be independent and Absolutely. still have that empowerment. Yeah. So, so in, that is a really interesting point that you made. Yeah. It would be good to if someone could do like a historic girl group kind of thing. Do you want to do this? Do it. I have honestly I love girl groups I don't even know why but like I just love what they kind of stood for back in the day not sure about the recent ones now because I I don't know I feel like I'm a bit too old but just you know just a random study on the history of American and UK girl groups maybe the UK one would be a bit more interesting actually um maybe I should do it actually because I I can do a dissertation on it I love writing essays so why not (laughs) I would read it I would so read it like honestly yes I love it I'll do it I'll do it I'd love to see it. I'll definitely post it. But when you do, I'll definitely post yeah. it. Yeah. Love to hear it. Um and your next song, Abba. Um proper but like British culture. It's just like I feel like everyone has kind of grown up with an Abba song. 
Absolutely, they're a staple, even though they're not even British. Like they're a they're a proper staple in this country, and I well not just me. So I have three sisters, and we grew up on ABBA genuinely. Um, so <laughs> my mum, I guess she was a fan. I guess in the eighties. I don't know when ABBA were around. I think early yeah eighties, maybe late seventies, early eighties. Um, I don't think they had a very long career actually. Um, so I think they broke up in the early eighties. So um, yeah, I think they had quite a short um, run, but they had so many albums and the music was just so interesting. And what the, so my mum bought Abba Gold. So that's basically a compilation album of like their greatest hits. And when we were younger, that was just the only CD that we wanted to play. That was the only CD, me and my three sisters. And we would just dance to them, dance, dance, dance. Even the sad songs, everything. Just make up dance moves, learn every single word, put on performances. And I just, for some reason, I, I do think that, we still listen to it now. Even when we're all home together, we put it on and we're dancing about, you know, drunkenly and it's fun. But really back in the day, the lyrics really hit me. For, for someone who was maybe like seven, they shouldn't have hit me that deep. <laughs> But it really, really did. And it's only when I got older, it's, I realised, um, once I actually began to study music, I started to realise the genius of ABBA because they took really sad songs. So the lyrics of most of, most of ABBA's songs are really sad and they're about loneliness and they're about desperation and they're about just feeling hopeless and just feeling like you're not good enough. Um, and, but they put it um, to a major key um, happy 70s dance tracks basically and so you're dancing to a song and you think it's really happy but then you're like hang on <laughs> these lyrics are actually kind of deep they're kind of sad actually whoa but um but also the lyrics are quite they're still vague enough for you to um for it to be relatable to everyone in the world so I think that's why everyone has some kind of attachment to at least one ABBA song yeah because people can just remember it in their lives and so the one that I chose today was The Winner Takes It All which was the last song on the Apple Gold album if I remember correctly don't quote me I might be wrong but so that's one of their saddest songs ever and I actually think it was the last song they ever released as a band before they broke up and um it's the do you know what? I don't even know her name I can't remember her name but I think it's her name's Anna Fritt one of the, I can't remember her name but the blonde woman in the group she is the vocalist and all the rest in this song, she's the vocalist, no one else sings, they just do the kind of backing vocals. And it's a really personal song to her because she had just divorced one of the other members of the band. I think it was um, Bjorn. I want to say Bjorn. It could be, yeah, I think she divorced Bjorn in the band, one of the long hair. And obviously you're in a group together, so it's really awkward. And I think the other two um, members had got together as well but they were having a rocky situation so obviously the band was falling apart at that point and they really like she sings from the heart even though I think um her ex-husband probably wrote the song she really sings from the heart and you can hear this the real sadness in her voice and it just hit me when I was younger I, I mean I love ballads and I love really slow soppy 80s 70s songs but this one really hit me because I've never heard a, a pop song like it in my life she's really hopeless and she just doesn't want to, so minus, I don't want to talk about um, things we've gone through, which is obviously about her life and about her failed marriage and things like that. And she's just really sad. And I just used to listen to it and I didn't know the context at all, but I just really 
liked the honesty of the song. It was the first song that I came across that just seemed really honest and from the heart and just super sad. And she allowed herself to be sad. And she, towards the end of the song, um, she sounds like she's wailing in pain. Like there's a really long, so she says the winner takes it all, but the all lasts for, you know, a really long time. She really belts it out at the end while the other um, band members come sing over her and then it kind of fades out, but it sounds, and she fades out, but it sounds really sad. And I just kind of wonder what it was like when she was recording that in the studio. Cause I have a feeling she was probably breaking down to be honest with you, yeah. um, really sad. Um, and it's, it's just, I play it, I don't play it as much as I used to, but in my teen years, oh my God, I used to play it all the time. Like anything that upset me, not just like boys and stuff, but even just like not doing well in an exam or something, I just play that song. And it just made everything just feel better because, you know, there's a woman on the other end of the stereo who's in more pain than I am basically. So I need to kind of get up and do better because if she can still sing so beautifully, if she can still, be this amazing artist or going through all this pain I can get through what I'm going through so that's what I kind of took from this which I'm sure is way too deep for maybe like a 12 year old or a 13 year old to be going through but I I loved ABBA and I still love them to this day and I just remember oh god I just remembered in year so in year three when I was eight we had 70s day and I actually went as um, the blonde woman from ABBA because they represented um, Sweden in the Eurovision years and years and years ago yeah. I think in the 60s or 70s I don't know and they did Waterloo and then she wore this kind of blue these blue flares and this kind of like sequined headpiece thing and my mum found it in a um, in a fancy dress shop and I actually went as her uh, for the 70s day and no one knew who I was apart from the teacher Everyone else went as, you know, just someone as a Rubik's Cube, someone went as actual 70s things. I was like, no, I'm going to go as ABBA. I'm going to go as <laughs> ABBA. <laughs> I got the reference and that's all that mattered to me. Exactly. Because it meant something to me back then. And it still does. I think I'll probably pass down all of ABBA's music um, to my kids, to be honest, because, you know, I think they're a really, really important band. Although, you know, people see them as a novelty, you know, when you're drunk at a wedding reception yeah. and you're yeah. singing Dancing Queen and that, that's cool. But there are so many of their other songs, especially their sadder songs that weren't like big hits, but you can watch Mamma Mia, um, you know, the film Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2 and their lesser known hits there, but they really wrote from the heart and they're such a big talent. And I don't think any other group really has had the, the legacy the worldwide legacy that they've had. And it's because they're bloody great musicians and bloody great um, artists and singers and songwriters. And so I, I absolutely adore them. And I know it's it, it's cringe and whatever, whatever, but I'm just, I love their music. I'll ride and die for them, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'll really, honestly, like, I, I really love their music so much. They have so many amazing songs. And it just, it, it really makes me feel super related super sad you know they, they've been through all the emotions so it's a playlist of your life basically if you just go through the whole other repertoire and i just yeah i love it i'll never stop listening to them honestly like i just i love 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 their music uh, so i think just abba just holds so much nostalgia it's just mm-hmm. childhood like you said it's just like for me it just takes me back to childhood my dad used yeah. to do it as well he just like loved ABBA as well and he just mm. used to play a load of tracks but even when I heard this song I thought it was like again I didn't know the backstory to it 
but mm-hmm. hearing it and it makes so much sense now kind of listening to the back to the lyrics because I thought it was a like you know the winner takes it all like we've got this and you know a very yeah. more empowering kind of like positive song but like when I actually mm-hmm. kind of listened to it when I was before this episode I was like wow this is she's talking about a love interest like she's talking about someone that she's lost and then and someone yeah. seems to have won at something and I was like this is yeah. pretty sad but like you said it's played and the music is in such a way that it doesn't feel sad it, I don't nope. necessarily feel down listen to it I feel quite mm-hmm. oh I feel okay. quite yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like you said you could just like dance around your living room and just be like oh this is really nice and then you actually realize like, oh wow this is, is quite quite yeah. deep and no but that and you're like, oh, wow. yeah no, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And what I appreciate about you as well, Joelle, is bringing the diversity, like we were talking about this um, before we started recording, the diversity of your playlist. I think that's just so important. I think, you know, like you were saying, you're very welcome. Um, I think, as you were saying, is sometimes the black experience just does not necessarily have to solely and predominantly come from black culture. Um, yeah. We, as black people, we're very multifaceted people, especially people that grew up in the diaspora we are obviously influenced by our environment and ABBA is a part of our environment and that is part of our black experience. So I think it's important to kind of, to, to bring this, to bring songs like this on and to be your authentic self. Like, you know what? I don't necessarily just listen to hip hop and R&B. Like black people, we listen to everything. We listen to jazz. Yeah. Saying that you study classical music. We listen to classical music. Yeah. We, yeah. do you know what I mean? We're not just this black and white or just black, all black kind of, you know, one of the other kind of, people we're multifaceted and i think that's the most beautiful amazing thing about just us as a people we can draw from many influences and i think just people do that in general and i think it really comes out with our music and i think yeah it really just comes out in our music and i think everyone kind of especially i think especially black people we have that turning point where we actually realise that I don't need to listen to what everyone else is listening to. Yes. Even what I expect people for me to listen to, I can listen to whatever. I think we all go through phases where we just like listen to this kind of music and get into this kind of genre and really dive into it. And even songs from like our parents used to like play us and make us listen to but mm-hmm. we just was a bit shy to kind of play to our friends. And as we get old, older, we build that confidence, realise that, you know what, these songs made me. These songs yeah. are amazing and I will listen to it all the same. Absolutely. And I found that later on in life, because just a bit of background about me, I um, was born and raised for 10 years in Croydon. And then around when I was in year five, we moved to Surrey. And, you know, it's, Surrey is very different from London, very different to South London, you know, the accent's different, there's, you know, horses and cows and a lot of old people everywhere, and it is great, but there are virtually no black people at all, and so I, I found myself in a weird identity crisis, to be honest, I, I didn't want to be seen as, because I've, I've always kind of been the only black person in any kind of capacity, whether it was primary school, or in my secondary school being the only kind of you know fully black person in my class or you know there were like three of us in the year so I was very used to just being the, the token the only black person but I was very conscious of the fact that I'm probably the first or only black person that a lot of my school friends and stuff knew and subconsciously I was kind of battling stereotypes within myself and I cared more about what they thought about me and so over time I realised that I was censoring my what I was listening to. I didn't really want to listen to rap. I didn't really want to listen to 
Um, I, although Neo Soul's kind of come out a bit more now, I didn't want to listen to that. I didn't want to listen to hip hop or things like that. Apart from what was on the radio, you know, a bit of Kanye, 2008, you know, Estelle, American Boy. Apart from that, like, you know, mainstream music, I didn't really know the ins and outs. I didn't know gangster rap. I didn't hear that until I was in my 20s. Do you know what I mean? And it also, I have to kind of be a bit kinder to myself because I, at the time, I thought that I, to be black, I had to listen to that. To be authentically black, I had to know the history of Biggie and Tupac. I had to know the history of Jay-Z and Nas. I had to know the history of this and this and this. And because I didn't know, and because the people around me in my school, you know, we were listening to Jamie T, we were listening to Kaiser Chiefs, we were listening to Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, uh, you know, you know, listening to American Idiot every day, um, Green Day, you know, things like that. Like, and I loved that music as well. And so I was really battling with that. I was like, how can someone who's as black as me, as dark as me, how can I like indie, but also try and discover rap music? And because I'm a classical musician as well, I play the flute and, you know, I was in orchestra you know, for years and just doing all these grades and things like that. I was really battling. I, I did think, should I really be interested in this classical music? What are other black people going to think? They're going to think I'm white. They're going to think I'm this. But no one cared. Like, and it's only when I got older, I realized that no one cares. Like you can, as a black person, you can like whatever you want to like. You can go down to Soho and listen to jazz if you want. You can go and listen to gangster rap or, you know, mumble rap if you want these days, you know, the kids are listening to. You can go to the Royal Albert Hall and listen to Vorschach and you can listen to Mozart and all of that if you want. You can do whatever you want. And, you know, music doesn't, no one owns music. No one owns music at all. It's so multifaceted. It's so different. And there's so many different fusions. And you should never be ashamed of the kind of culture you grew up in and the kind of music you grew up listening to because it subconsciously shapes you. And so when I went to uni, you know, I joined ACS. And that was the first time at the age of 18 that I was around black people for the first time ever in my life. First time ever. You know, people who weren't my family members, just other black people. And I was really battling. I, I just thought, how do they know? Because that's when Afrobeats really took off, like in 2012, 2013, 14. And they just knew all these artists. They were doing Shaki, Shaki, they were doing Azonto. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know, and I just felt like it's such a shit Ghanaian. I was just like, I, I don't know this. And this is a practice from my country. I didn't know high life. I didn't know hip life. I didn't know anything. But instead of being all upset about it, I just started listening to it. And I started deciding, oh, this is nice. Oh, I like this. Oh, who's this artist? Oh, okay. Oh, this is nice. Oh, okay, great, great. And then I just learned. And then I added it into my repertoire. I added it into my playlists. And it's now become part of the music of my life. So one minute I can go from listening to a Mozart clarinet concerto and then I can go straight into Debange or, you know, someone like that. It, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't need to explain the context. I don't need to explain why I like classical, why I like jazz why I like indie or hip hop or things like that. I just like what I like. And it's because of where I grew up, the people who recommend songs to me. And, you know, we should completely reject music snobbery, I think, especially when it comes to black women. We're judged enough. We are honestly judged enough. Like someone would literally take one look at you and just think they know you straight away. They think they know where you grew up, you know, where you came from, things like that. But and when you tell them something that, is different from the box they put you in. They're like, oh my God, I didn't know you were, yeah. I didn't know you like that, I didn't know you like that. And it's like, you can be whoever you want to be. You can 
have every emotion under the sun and you can like any kind of music that you want. And I'm just so glad that I, I finally learned that. And I do think that every black person, every black woman has that enlightenment. You can have it young, but you can have it when you're in your twenties, thirties, whatever. But as long as you actually get there, that's the important thing because you deserve to have what everyone else has. You deserve to have every emotion. You deserve to feel everything. And you deserve to listen to the music that makes your soul sing, the music that really makes you feel good. And whether that's classical or whether that's hip hop, whether that's R&B, it doesn't matter. As long as it means something to you, that's what really matters. Amen to that, girl. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. No, I love that. I love that. I wholeheartedly agree. Completely, mm. completely agree. Completely. Right. And I guess your indie influences comes out in your next song. Oh yes, 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 yes. So, so I love this song. So this song is called The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. And I think it's probably their most famous song. And I remember hearing it. So I, I discovered the band really randomly. Do you remember the film Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff? Yes. Have you seen that with Chad Michael Murray? You know, this is very like I don't know, two thousand five, I think. And I love that film because it was such a teeny film. It came out when I was 11, so I was a perfect demographic. And there's a bit at the end where she finally gets the guy. He's like a football jock. He misses his last, I don't even know American football, but he misses his last shoot or whatever it is, where he kicks the ball, I don't know. And then he decides to get the girl. And then a song, and so it starts raining because there's been a, a drought in the film, I don't know. And then it starts raining and they start kissing. And then a song plays. Um, and it's a song called Hear You Me, which is, I love the song. And I was like, what is this song? And there was no Spotify at the time. So I just had to Google the lyrics. I just had to keep listening to it, Google the lyrics. And um, it came up with a band called Jimmy Eat World. And I was like, ugh, what a weird name. Like, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what this is about, but whatever. Um, and then I went on YouTube and I listened to this whole album called Bleed American. And I, I just loved it. I, I loved every single song. And then um, one of the songs is called The Middle, which is this one. And I'd never heard a song like it. It was so, it was like the guy. So the lead singer is called Jim, Jim Atkins. And it felt like he was singing it to me. Like, cause it starts off with, um, so you say, it just takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. And it just, I don't, can't remember what I was going through at the time. It couldn't have been something that deep. I was like 11 years old, but it made me, it was really comforting. And it's, you know, it's a rock indie song. It was very much of its time. And even the music video is kind of lame. It's kind of of its time, but everyone's kind of naked in their underwear, but there's a guy with a, wearing a t-shirt and he feels really left out because he's the only one clothed. And then he meets another girl who's clothed and then they kind of get together at the end and that's it. But the, the lyrics, just really resonated with me because they were vague enough basically to kind of fit into whatever situation I was going to. And then I kind of forgot about the song like I always do. There's only when I was in uni and I was going through some really tough times. Um, tough times with my course, tough times with my friends, with my faith and everything. And I heard the song in a bagel shop randomly and I shazammed it. I was like, this sounds so familiar. And I shazammed it. And I was like, oh, this looks familiar. And I played it and it just, all those memories just flooded back of when I used to, to sit in my room um, when YouTube has, had just like just started really. And I, I found the song on there and I just play it over and over and over again. And 
I, to be honest with you, I played it every day for four years when I was in uni. On my way to work, on my way to, sorry, on my way to uni, yeah. I used to dread going to these three-hour um, tutorials. Mm-hmm. I used to dread it. I found the work really hard, especially in second, no, third, yeah, second and third year. I just, I had bad mental health issues and I started to get very anxious. And so I had to really motivate myself. And I motivated myself through music. And him saying, it just takes some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride, everything will be just fine. It, I, it, honestly, it felt like he was singing to me and it was just my real motivational song. And I actually couldn't get, get to class without this song. If I'm going to be honest, I could not get to class um, without hearing his voice tell me that things were going to be okay. And it just becomes a song that I, I just love. And I just, I don't really know the background of it. All I know is that um, the out, this album, they'd just been dropped by, I think they had three albums beforehand and then they'd just been dropped because they, they weren't a commercial success. And so he went away and I think he wrote this song first, um, just about his band's failure basically and that how everything will be okay. But then I think he turned it to, you know, girl, just to make it a bit more kind of teen friendly. And I think that's, that was about his failure mm-hmm. as well. And I, I love that. And I, I just love people who have gone through real adversity, but then they, they make art out of it. I really love that and I resonate with that. And it's such an uplifting, you know, guitar-y kind of song, and it means a lot to me. Oh, I can see that. Oh, that's amazing, though. It's, it's so powerful how one song can just mm-hmm. give you that push and that oomph and just, like, yeah. really... Like you said, you felt like, this, like the guy was speaking to you, like the song yeah. was just, just for you and made for you. And that's amazing that it was able to get you through those hard times. And I, I feel like a lot of people have songs that just really aid them and really kind of help them through just like tough times and, and that's mm-hmm. the power of music and honestly the power of music it just gives you like you said it's just guitar-y it's feel good vibes and it just it just gives you those endorphins like you can't help yeah. but just, like ride off that wave and then just oh, it, yeah. you know oh, that's really that's yeah. really nice and like who else was you kind of listening to like um during your indie phase because I was a Green Day girl um, oh were you I oh amazing a Nickelback right. yeah oh yeah Everyone hated Nickelback. You I was a secret fan. I don't get it. Came out of nowhere. <laughs> they just started slating Nickelback, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're rubbish, they're rubbish, they're rubbish. But I love them. <laughs> I love them too. I actually don't understand why people just like started to hate on Nickelback. Like, nah, I had, yeah, I probably had my little rock indie phase as well. Like, loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I think definitely, I don't think it will ever have a comeback, that, that kind of music, but it was very good for the early noughties. It was. It was good for that time, just angry kind of rocker music, weird kind of Canadian accents as well. I used to love some 41, um, even though they were just, you know, they're quite weird looking and they're just very angry, just very in your face, the camera. Yeah. But, you know, some 41, I loved, loved, loved my camera, especially during the Black Parade phase. I loved it. I'd never been into emo, screamy kind of stuff before, but that as well. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, Green Day, Fall Out Boy. I saw them live actually um, when I was fourteen, and it was amazing. Pete Wentz, he just did a massive huge dive into the crowd. He hit a girl with his shoe. It was it was a mess, <laughs> but it was great. And you know, I think the lead singer Patrick Stump, like he has an incredible voice, and I think they they've managed to stand the test of time, even though through their hiatuses, because their music just 
I think to the naked eye, it makes no sense. Their yeah. song titles are very long. Their song titles are long. They, they actually plagiarise their own lyrics and they put their old lyrics into new songs. And there's a song called What a, Co- what a Catch Donny. And they have a medley of their old songs right, right at the end of the song. And it's, you're like, hang on, I've heard this one before. And they're just, I think it's just a genius way of writing and guitar music. It's a shame that it kind of faded out, but it was very much of its time and it has to evolve just like every other music. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I love it. I, I do love that kind of music at all. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So do I. <laughs> so do <laughs> I. Um, and we've come to your last song, Joelle. Oh no. Last oh. song. Um, <laughs> this song, Little Star by Khalees and Casino Green. Like, mm-hmm. It's one of those songs that you know is like tucked away in your subconscious and yeah. you've heard it, you know it. But as soon as I started to listen to it, I was like, oh my gosh, this song, mm-hmm. I completely forgot about this. I, oh, yep. it's so sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. I can't remember when it was released. I really can't. I, I think, I don't know, I want to say 2008. So I'm trying to place what I was doing at the time and why it resonated with me so much. But so in 2008, I was 12. Um, I can't remember how I came across this song, but there was just something about it. Um, the way Khalees was singing and this kind of like really, I know she's quite a husky singer anyway, but the way she was just saying, you know, the lyrics are, there is nothing special about me. I'm just a little star. Um, and then she's is quite self, the lyrics are quite self-deprecating and, you know, kind of masking as being humble but you know it's actually um, quite self-deprecating lyrics and then it's a kind of call and response CeeLo Green I know he's trash but back in the day like when we didn't know he was trash um, his response to her saying all this kind of sad stuff about herself is you know just keep trying and trying and you'll finally um, get to where you want to go and you might not think that you're anything special but you know you shine me like um you look like a star to me even though you don't think you are and I love that kind I've never seen like a duet like that before yeah they don't sing together there's no real they harmonize um with um their own vocals but they don't they don't sing in unison they don't have any harmonies so it's a it's a call and response kind of duet and I just the lyrics and just how smooth and kind of almost jazzy the song is I I really really loved it and it's one of those songs that I never forgot about I knew everyone else would because I think it was maybe in the charts for a couple of weeks and then maybe fell out and you know, I forgot about it but this song to me it was the first song I downloaded when I downloaded Spotify um years and years ago because it was like oh what's that song called oh yeah Achilles Lost Star and then I and I listened to this song a lot I it's in my it's my motivational playlist even though it's quite a, um still quite a sad song in a way um, but I just love, and I just love everything about it. I love the instrumentation. I love the the vocals, and uh, it's a weird one because it's nostalgic. But I don't know why. Mm. I, I I can't remember the first time I heard it. I can't remember why I like it so much. I can't remember what I was going through. But it's just it's just a warm fuzzy song. I just makes me feel really really good and. You know, it's been years and years now. It's been, what, 12 years. And I still play this song at least once a week. And it just doesn't matter what mood I'm in. I just kind of sit back and listen. And, you know, just for those, however long the song is, three minutes, it just makes me feel kind of peaceful. It doesn't make me feel happy. It doesn't make me feel sad. But I'm just kind of at peace with myself when I listen to that song. And 
weirdly, even though I don't know much about Khalees or think or what the context of the song is, I feel like the song kind of resonates with me a lot. It feels like the song was almost like written for me in a way because I do often sometimes tend to be quite self-deprecating and I don't sometimes I don't really see what I've achieved in my life and it takes someone else to kind of who isn't me to just look at me and be like you've actually done a lot you're actually worthy you're actually you know you're a beautiful girl you're actually this and that and yeah you know and that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of myself in a way and so that's why I really enjoy listening to the song no, I can, I wholly and completely agree. It's almost, like you said, it's, it's, it's quite sad. Khalees is kind of putting herself mm-hmm. down. Like you said, it's like masking this kind of humbleness. But in reality, like you said, she's, dealt, yeah. she's putting herself down and she shouldn't really be doing that. And, I, and even myself, I think we are all as humans are kind of like guilty of doing that. But to then hit like the call and response, like you were saying, the duet kind of aspect of it, just to hear someone mm-hmm. else say, and it's almost like you're listening to it to get that message. Like, even though I might feel this way and I only might feel like a little star, CeeLo Green is here to tell me before he was trash. CeeLo Green is here to tell me that, you know, I am, I'm, I can just to keep trying and like shining. And just, you know, I think it's so important that we just don't dim our lights out of fear that we will outshine someone, you know? And I think we're very guilty mm-hmm. of that as just like as humans and, do you know what I mean? So, no, I, I, thank you for reintroducing the song to me and bringing it back into my, my consciousness. No worries. I love it. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And what other songs do you have on your motivational playlist? Don't mind me asking. Oh, so it's a weird mix. I have, do you remember the band called Fun? They did a song called, like, We Are Young. Yes. And they were only around for yeah. a couple of years, actually. Oh, my actually. gosh, yeah. They have a song called Carry On, which I love. And it's, it's kind of like the lyrics are when you're lost and alone and you're feeling like a st- or you're thinking like a stone, carry on. And it's, it's a kind of like a march song and it's an anthem. I also have Usher, pop your collar, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Like it's good. I've got a lot of pink on there because she was kind of an outcast. She was kind of like a kind of, you know, I love her. I've got Blue Cantrell, if you remember her from back in yes, the day. Yes. I've got, Queen. I've got, you know, Robin, the Swedish singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so her song Dancing on My Own, which I loved. I've got Share, Believe, which is one of my favourite songs of all time. Yes. I just, you know, that's still a sad song about a breakup, um, about not thinking that you're going to survive after heartache. But for, it's set to such a disco-y tune that I love it. Definitely. And I've got some Supergrass. If you remember that band, they were around in the early 90s. They were like part of the Britpop, Blur and Oasis kind of pulp kind of group. And they had a song called All Right. You might know it because it's always played in um, like British um, adverts, like the background. Oh, okay. As soon as you like hit the, like the intro to the song, you'll know it straight away. Mm-hmm. I've got Steph Longdon on there. Like this is an eclectic list. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, even Gloria Whitney Houston. Yes. You know, <laughs> like Paolo Nettini. I've got the Chiffons from the 60s and the Supremes. Like it's such a... It's such a weird list, but these songs just, they all just have the same central message of, I don't care, I'm different and I don't care. And, you know, I'm just going to be myself. And that transcends through every genre. So I've got songs from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and a little bit of, you know, modern music as well. And they just transcend so many decades. And I just, I love that. That's what I love most about nostalgic music. Like it just transcends genres and 
it's just it's all about how it makes you feel and how uplifting it is and that's what makes it so special oh without a doubt i would love if you don't mind to post down your motivational playlist i love that yeah. I love how eclectic it is and yeah i would love to kind of see what's in there as well i will i will definitely joelle thank you so much for sharing your stories thank you for being so open being so honest and coming on and just being an amazing guest really 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 appreciate it i hope you had a great time sharing your story i loved it thank you so much thank you so so, so much this has been amazing no you're very you're welcome you're very welcome and i'm sure you guys will hear from me very soon thank you bye thank you for listening Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram and tell a friend. As always, we are looking for guests to come onto our show and share their stories and songs. We believe everyone has a dope story and playlist. Visit our Instagram page to find out how and stay blessed.